If you're anything like me, you struggle with perfectionism. You feel like everything has to be perfect before you start. You feel like you have to have a plan together. You feel like it has to be perfect conditions and all this stuff. And a lot of times we get paralyzed because we're fearful that everything won't be perfect. Well, here's the catch. It won't be. There's nothing perfect in life. Everything in life is messy. Everything worth doing starts off messy or bad or imperfect. And so by working through the imperfection is how we get to the good stuff. And so that's what today's talk is going to be about. That's what today's episode is about. I go live on my YouTube channel, so feel free to follow me there as well. Um, I create art and have these conversations with people about things that creatives go through, things that we struggle with, like insecurity or fear or perfectionism. And so what's perfect about this episode is that in this episode, I was supposed to do a drawing while I was talking. And of course, my computer decided to freeze up and I could not do it. And so if I was trying to be a perfectionist, I would say, oh, well, the live is canceled. We're not doing it. But instead of allowing fear to stop me from creating, I actually just continued talking and actually made some great connections with people and shared um, their insights and shared their experiences. And we were able to have a great conversation. So that's what today's episode is about. I hope that you listen to it and take something from it. If you have not done so already, please feel free to sign up for my free weekly love letters. Um, Again, they're free and they're filled with inspiration and encouragement. And it's really my gift to you um, just for being a supporter, just for being a listener. And in that, you'll find, again, inspiration and encouragement for your art, but also just for yourselves. And you'll also be the first to know when something happens, like an event or like a free workshop or like like a a class or a course. And so you'll be the first ones to know. Um, You'll get art from me and art from other Black girl creatives and an opportunity to also be on the podcast. So thank you again so much for joining with me. I hope to see you there. And without further ado, here is the episode. Hope you all listen. Enjoy. Bye. All right. So today we're actually going to be talking about um, what it means to wait until you're ready to do your thing. And like, what does that really mean? Like, you know, how, how do we really know that we're ready to pursue something? Um, and the reason why I kind of wanted to talk about this was because last week before, you know, Thanksgiving, um, I actually had my first meetup. And so the meetup was for Black Girl Creatives. And more specifically, it was for um, Black women in music. And so the wonderful thing about this meetup is that Black women were able to come together and really just share space and uh, their experiences with like other black women. Sorry, I don't know if I can hear a dog barking, but you can share, we could share our experiences with other black women um, about like their experiences with music and things like that. And of course my computer's frozen, but I'm gonna keep talking until I figure out what's going on here. But um, I hope you all can still see me and hear me. Anywho. Um, in the meetup, I really wanted to meet up with other black women in music. And so if you didn't know, I'm a musician, as in like I sing, I write songs. Um, I just do stuff for fun. And so I didn't really see a community of people that I could actually like bond with, that I could actually create community with. A lot of the space, as far as like music goes, like um, in the industry, it's a very white space. Like it's a very... Uh, white indie space like when you talk about indie musicians like your thought usually goes towards like white artists and so because i couldn't really find a community to belong to myself i just decided to create one i created a podcast called black girls make music and in this podcast i talk about my experiences as a black woman in music but i also interview other women in music as well so this could be djs this could be entrepreneurs this could be 
you know, black women um, A&R, that kind of thing. And so it's really just getting their story and how they actually got involved in music. And I really wanted to create a platform for other black women in music to share their stories. So, you know, with that, like, it was great. Like, the podcast is still up if you, if you want to listen to it. Um, but I really consolidated. I had, like, three podcasts. <laughs> it's crazy. So one for music, one for photography, and one for creatives just in general. And so I decided to kind of burn, like, all this, like, extra, all this extra, um, you know, content and just boil it down to one podcast called Black Girl Creatives. And so the podcast is called Black Girl Creative and... You know, it's, not, it's for black women, specifically firstly, but it's also just for creatives in general. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on, but my, the thing is, the thing is frozen. But I'm gonna keep talking. So it's for black girls in general. And so this could be, again, if you're an artist, you're a painter, you're an illustrator, you're a musician, it doesn't really matter. Um, the space is for all black women creatives, but it's also open to other people who either don't identify as women or for you know other people who aren't black. But I really want it to be known that this space is firstly created for black women creatives. And so I wanted to create this, this podcast because even while I was interviewing black women musicians and like photographers and stuff like that, I was like, there are so many black women out here doing amazing things that I wanna get their stories. Like I wanna understand where they're coming from. I wanna know about their lives. Like I wanna know everything. And um, I felt like even even if people didn't consider themselves as creatives, they are creative, right? Like if you are a human being, you're creative and you might not be creative in the sense of like, oh, I paint or I sing, but you can be creative as in like, oh, you know, I raise kids, like <laughs> I cook, I clean, um, I keep a house, I, you know, take care of my grandmother. With things like this, you have to be creative. We're just naturally creative. You know, if your kid is not wanting to eat their vegetables, you have to be creative and trying to figure out, okay, how I'm gonna get my kid to, to how I'm gonna trick my kid into eating the stuff that's good for them when they don't want to. Or, you know, if you have to, you know, lay down some discipline for your child, it's like, okay, what is some creative discipline that I can, that I can do so that they get the point, so that they get the idea that I want you to be safe. I want you to be, you know, respectful. I want you to be um, diligent. Like, these are the things that you're creative and you don't even think about it, right? So, so in my mind, I was like, everybody's creative. And to me, black women, especially, Black women are some of the most creative people and for a lot of reasons, right? Like just in society for a long time, black women, I mean, even still have been like the low of the low um, when it comes to like tears of people and being respected and being taken care of and that kind of thing. Um, but, but I feel like a lot of black women downplay how creative they are because they aren't creative in the sense of like, oh, I'm an artist. So... In turn, I just started collecting women's stories in general. So I collected my aunt stories and my grandmother's stories. I went to go visit her in Florida and um, I just collected her stories. And, and a part of me was really struggling with like, am I ready? Like, am I really ready to make a podcast? Am I really ready to go live? Clearly when stuff is messing up on the computer, like, you know, do I really have everything in place to really be this artist that I want to be? And the answer is no. No, I'm not ready, right? By any by any stretch of the imagination, of my imagination, I'm not ready. I can think of 50 million reasons why I'm not ready to pursue a project or to start a new dream or a new endeavor. Like there will always be reasons to not do something, but there are even more reasons to do something, right? Like we think we think in these like grandiose like visions and dreams and like these, you know, these we think that 
our dream has to look perfect. We think that our dream has to look like the most perfect version of, you know, whatever we have in our minds. And so I think because we dream so big, we can get really, you know, overwhelmed and burdened with our dreams. And so so we have this like huge dream in our mind and we think like, oh, it has to look like this. And if it doesn't look like this, then it's a failure. And so then we don't do anything at all because we don't take the first steps to be like, oh, you know, it's okay for this first step to be messy or to be, you know, I don't know, imperfect. And anything below perfection, we're afraid to put out there. We're afraid to make the first, you know, move or the first movie mm-hmm. or the first, um, or the first, uh, oh, turn down my game. Sorry, I guess I'm a little loud. But we're afraid to take the first steps when it comes to, like, creating a project. I don't even know. Did I turn it down or up? Probably just turned it up. Anyway. We're afraid to take our first steps because we're afraid of being looked at as um, imperfect. We're afraid of people being able to see the messy parts and the ugly parts and the things that are really, really hard. And and so because because we're afraid of that, we won't take the first step. And so we so we have these dreams. And I don't think that dreams die, right? Like I've said this before, I think dreams turn into a cancer. I think dreams kind of like eat at you until you actually realize and actualize the dream, right? Whatever that dream is. So even if you have a huge dream, like, oh, I want to be a, a chef at this, at this huge restaurant, right? And you, like, I think of, I'm thinking of Princess and the Frog. We saw that this weekend. So um, Tiana, Princess Tiana, she had this dream of owning a huge restaurant. And, um, you know, she strived and she worked so hard for her whole life trying to actualize this dream that it wasn't just her dream, but it also was her was her father's dream. You know what I'm saying? And she worked so hard to keep her father's dream alive that in my mind, someone looking at that, she couldn't even, one, she couldn't even enjoy her life, but also she couldn't even understand like how influential she already was to the people around her. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, no, like I have to, I have to achieve this huge dream. I have to meet this goal. I have to meet the standard that she put in place for herself that no one really said to her, oh, this is the standard, right? Meanwhile, she could have been feeding people out the back of her house and that would have been beautiful. Like maybe her food could have been, you know, wonderful for people who couldn't afford going to the fancy restaurants and things like that. Um, and I, I think sometimes like we dream so big, like I said, that we forget that we have the ability to make our dreams accessible even today. So like this, right? Like I'm not like I think again, two weeks ago, I want to say or was it one week ago when I came here and I was singing, right? I was so nervous. I was so anxious. I was like, oh, God. They're going to hear me mess up. They're going to see my process and the flow of everything. And, you know, they're going to be able to see like all the ugly parts. Right. And so if I'm if I'm if my standard is perfection, then I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have shown up here. I wouldn't have created anything. I wouldn't have shared my music. Um, None of that. I wouldn't share my process with anybody. And so I would have been tightly like bound in like this prison I created for myself because who said it had to be perfect? There are artists that I really enjoy who are imperfect, like who sing imperfectly. Like when I think of Satchmo, when I think of um, when I think of a singer called Brandi Carlisle, when I think of who else, like people who sing and their voices are really raspy and they're not crisp. They're not. Sometimes they go in and out. Um, And by Satchmo, I mean like Louis Armstrong. Like when I think of people like that, even though their singing voice is imperfect, they still get on that stage and they're like. This is the art I have to present to you. This is what I want to share with you. I want to share my heart with you guys. And never once do they say, hmm, you know, this is actually imperfect. Like, I don't ever want to come up here and, you know, play and it just be a mess. And I'm sure they struggle with their own version of perfection and like 
feeling like, oh, they're not enough. Like, I'm, I'm sure. Like, everybody struggles with imposter syndrome, feeling like, oh, they're going to find out I'm a fraud. But really, the beauty of jazz that I've seen is it's a lot of, like, innovation. It's a lot of just playing around. It's a lot of just having fun and playing off of each other and not really being stuck in this mindset that everything has to be perfect. Like, jazz is not perfect. Like, jazz, jazz is weird and it feels awkward. And, you know, and it's almost like they're able to create beautiful music like, I don't even have the terms, like, all the correct terms for it, but they're able to create beautiful music off-key and, like, off-beat and, you know, in this weird, like, time signature, right? Like, jazz has its own set of rules, and while, they're all, while, while there are rules if you study jazz, right, back in the day, I feel like it was just more just, like, innovating. It was more just having fun. It was more just playing around and less about, oh, I want to be the best X, Y, and Z, whatever dream they had for each other, had for themselves. Um, last weekend, I was watching um, Insecure. And if you if you watch that show, Perfectly Imperfect, exactly. I'm actually going to try it. While I'm talking to you guys, I'm going to try to log into this. So, so I'm using StreamYard. And so StreamYard right now is like giving me a hard time. Um, so I'm going to try to log in again and see if I can, because y'all are leaving good comments. And I want to be able to highlight you guys. And thank you guys for being here. So in Insecure, it's a, it's a show started by Issa Rae. And so Issa Rae, um, back in the day, I remember Issa Rae from um, Awkward Black Girl. And so this was back like in the early 2010s. Is that even like a thing? Can you say that? Early 2010s? Either way, like she created a web series called Awkward Black Girl. And I loved, I love, love, love that, that series because I felt seen. Like I felt like... Somebody understands me. Like all these situations in her life were so weird and they were so like ridiculous, right? But they were dealing with everyday struggles that awkward black girls face. Like where do I fit in? I'm not really the pretty one. I'm not really like the one that has it all together. I'm actually just struggling trying to get it together. Yes, Marcus, exactly good stuff. Yes. So like I loved that show and it was a web series on YouTube and she wasn't getting paid to do it. Um, she wasn't, you know, any, any like household name yet, but she was really like grassroots. It was hilarious. Um, it was so funny. And yeah, so she wasn't really this like famous person, but she didn't let, um, she didn't allow the fact that she wasn't famous to stop her from creating the art that she wanted to create. And it was imperfect. Like <laughs> I, I remember like the first couple of episodes um, like you could see her driving down the street and like trying to record these videos from one car to the other. And she talks about this often, um, how she kind of just like bootstrapped her way through this whole, um, through this whole series. And it was so imperfect, right? It was so imperfect. But then because she was diligent, because she was committed, because she was not afraid to be imperfect and because she didn't wait until someone told her that she was ready, she didn't wait until she told herself that she was ready. She'd figured it out on the way. Now she has this multi-million dollar show called Insecure that now everybody knows about, right? And so it's almost like there's, there's like this inside joke where it's like, did you know about her before? Or are you just like, are you new to this? Like, because the real, the real, um, the real Insecure fans started from Awkward Black Girl. And so my whole point in bringing that up is because, you know, we think that these, we see these famous people, we see these people who have it all together, and we're like, oh, God, I could never, I could never do that. But then we forget, like, these famous people who have it all together had to suck first. Like, they had to be horrible at something before they were ever good. 
And a lot of people don't want to go through the process of not being good in order to get to that great thing. And maybe even on the way you realize like, oh, snap, I actually don't want to do this. Like this, this dream that I have for myself, like maybe again, maybe your dream was like, oh, I want to be a chef, right? That, that example we gave earlier. I want to be a chef. But maybe later on you realize, actually, I just want to be able to cook for people in my home. I just want to be able to learn how to cook so I can nourish my friends. Like, so I can, you know, better, I don't know, be a better friend to them, like better nourish their souls, not just their um, souls with, with um, food, but also like with conversations. Maybe you just want to be able to cur curate a space where people can be themselves and you want them to feel safe and to be loved and all this other stuff, right? But you would never know that if you never take the first step. Never take the first step. Um, so like, um, I'm sorry, I'm trying to log into the thing, y'all, so I can actually see. Okay, here we go. Yes. All right. So yeah, so you actually want to be able to like start messy, start ugly. And you want to be able, there's this, there's this term that people use called like, building the plane as you fly it like and the idea is like the idea is that you can still here we go yeah you guys are here so yay thank you um that's true i definitely don't think of myself as a creative but but you saying is not yeah exactly it's not just an artist thing sorry y'all thank y'all for you know being with me and bear with me because this is this is crazy anywho so a lot of people don't allow themselves to be, I guess, messy because they want to be perfect. And so perfection gets in the way of them um, being able to create anything, like anything at all. And so they're stuck in this position where they're like, I have these dreams and these dreams are heavy. But then at the same time, it's like, oh, but I don't feel good enough to do it. So you're stuck in between this place where it's like, oh, God, like. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? And we don't really give ourselves permission to do the things messily. And so my advice to you, and as it is to myself, as I always say, as I'm talking to y'all, I'm talking to me too, is to do it messy, is to figure it out along the way. Like I said, with the music thing, I don't know what I was doing. Like, I'm just, you know, I'm like, okay, well, let me plug up my little, my little things to the computer so people can hear me and see me process the music. I wasn't really worried about, even though I was worried about, the, the point wasn't to be perfect. Um, the point wasn't to be amazing. The point wasn't to be like the best singer on YouTube, right? The point was to create and work through my fear. Mm -hmm. That was the whole point of me doing the thing in the first place. And so I didn't, I, I knew that if I was afraid, I had to confront that fear. Like the only way through fear is through action. Like there's no way to avoid the action it takes to get out of that fear. He said, this is me, fear and desire of perfection equals let's do nothing. Exactly, exactly. It's debilitating. It's debilitating and it really just sucks all the life out of everything. Like, I really believe in having fun first. Like, again, so let's go back. If you're a cook and you want to be a chef, like, maybe you start off just making meals for people you love, right? In a safe place, in a safe environment where no one is going to be like, you suck. This is trash. You know, no one's going to leave you a negative review on Google or whatever, if it's your friends and family, more than likely they're just going to be happy that you cook for them, right? They're going to be happy that you like took the time out, even if, even if they like clown you a little bit, it's not going to be as harsh as it would be for people you don't know. And so I really believe that as artists, as creatives, we should start small, take little itty bitty steps. And my husband has to get on me about this all the time because I'm just like, no, like this is the huge dream. This is the dream I want to get. I like, 
it needs to be perfect and if it can't be perfect then i don't want to do it and so he has to reel me in and be like okay or you can start small you don't need two guitars right <laughs> you don't need two guitars to be an amazing guitarist you need to go to guitar practice like that's my starting small me signing up for the classes um me going back to school to figure out you know what exactly i want to do you know that kind of thing like taking the small everyday steps makes huge differences also when you're cooking for people you love using the same example or painting for people you love or just you know making stuff for the fun of it like you start to build your own confidence you start to believe things that you didn't believe before you believe like oh I can, I can cook now. Like, I enjoy this meal. My friends enjoy this meal. It makes them smile. Or, you know, my friend likes my poetry or likes my, I don't know, whatever, painting or, you know, whatever, whatever you're doing, whatever you're making. Like, you have to create a safe space for you to be able to share that process and share that thing without worrying about being killed or, like, you know, destroyed. Especially when, when you think of a new dream, think of, like, a new plant, right? Like, if you're growing a tree and it's just, like, a seedling, like it's near Christmas time. So let's just use pine trees. I don't know how pine trees grow, but I'm guessing they have to start from seeds and then seedlings. So when a seedling is, when a, when a pine tree seedling is sprouting, you're probably not going to hang bulbs from it, right? Because it's going to break. It's going to break. It's going to disappoint you. Or you're going to have like one of those little Charlie Brown Christmas trees where they're like, where it's really sparse and like all over the place, right? It's going to be damaged. And in the same way, like our dreams they're, they're the same. It's the same. Like they're, they're new seedlings. They're new things that need support and love and attention and water and sunlight and like a safe environment where they can grow freely. And when we put too much pressure on our dreams, when we put too much pressure on ourselves as newbies, as beginners, you know what I'm saying? We kill the joy. We kill the dream. We kill it. Like it's like, oh, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm a prime example of this is for me, just personally. Um, I... What I was going to do for you guys today was make like vector art. I was going to make vector art and I'll do it next time. No worries. And um, I started doing that for fun. I took portraits of my friends and I was like making these vector art images of them or vector images of them and just giving it to them just because I missed them. And it was like the beginning of quarantine and I was like, I miss my friends. And so I gave it to them. And so a lot of them were appreciative of it. And then I made the mistake of listening to someone and I know that they, they meant well for me, like they didn't mean any harm. But they were like, you should, you should monetize this. And so I'm like, should I? I guess, I guess I could monetize this. And again, I was a newbie, I was a beginner. And so like I'm doing all this stuff for like money at this point, and it killed it. It killed the joy, it killed the dream, it made me second guess if I was good enough, which in the beginning I wasn't even doing it because I felt good enough. I was doing it because it felt good. And so I lost the joy of just creating for fun because I was worried about the money. Worrying about and worrying about money is like the, the weight of money is that when you get money for a project or a piece of art or music or whatever, is that now, depending on the person's, I guess, uh, appreciation or their appreciation of the work you put in really determines if they give you money or not. So if I don't get any money for this, then maybe what I'm doing is invaluable. So now I'm second guessing myself. Now I'm saying, oh, I'm not a good artist. Now I'm saying I suck. You know, in the beginning, it was like, Alicia, but you weren't even doing it for all that. You know what I'm saying? Like you were just doing it for the fun. Um, and so I guess a smaller step for me would have been, hey, let's just do this for fun and keep doing it for your friends. And like, and because my friends are a safe place, like they're not going to clown me and be like, this is garbage. That's, that's just because that's who they are. Like they're not going to clown me. But at the same time, if I put it out into the world, then I'm, I'm making myself vulnerable way before I'm ready to be vulnerable, way before I'm ready to handle someone's criticism 
way before like I have enough faith in myself like to do the thing you know what I'm saying and so like I just want to push home this point is like no one is ever ready <laughs> I have notes so <laughs> but no one is ever ready um I, I know that we think we think that we look at these people that we admire and that we want to be like and we think we have to have it all together like them right and in reality they don't have it together like literally all the all the people that have standards they made it up they have no idea what they're doing somebody you look at old art and like you can see you can see art i mean like oh this is this is from the impressionist period i don't even know if I'm, i don't know if i'm saying it right impressionism and um whatever like um rembrandt like all these different kinds of paints and things like that. <laughs> Thanks, Marcus. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to stay on track. But you see all these different categories of um, art and stuff like that. And you think like, oh, this is the standard for art. When in reality, somebody made up that standard. Somebody made up like, oh, this is what we're going to call Rembrandt lighting. And this is what we're going to call like fine art art versus like, oh, this is like amateur art and so even when you get into that like there's politics to that right like this is high quality versus this like so even these even these ideals and 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 these like markers of what is good art versus bad art is made to separate people is made to be like i am elite and you are less than me like so so even the system that we're trying to like we're trying to access right it's not even for us it's not even for especially if you are like underprivileged right if, if you're an underprivileged person it's not for you like it's everything that you do is going to be looked at as less than art um less than art and so like everything that we think is the standard is made up it's not real it's false everything in our head is like it's false and i'm not saying that you can't have appreciation for art or like for food or for you know caregiving and house and taking care of house um of taking care of kids like of course there are standards you can't just like leave your kids you know on the front porch should be like oh i'm a great parent like no like there are standards but at the same time why does your parenting to your kid who was an individual have to look like what other people are doing who said that and why do we keep comparing what we're doing to other people like it's a setup in the beginning it said um jay said yeah you can definitely kill a dream a thought an idea or your genius by exposing it or sharing it too soon i agree and so to that point i recently did a podcast um for again black girl creatives and it's about like why you should stop sharing your dream with people who don't get it like some people will just not get it some people like no matter how much you explain to them the importance of it or like you know how your heart's totally in it they're just not going to get it and so you keep giving it to these people hoping that they'll appreciate it and then like they just trash it and you just never create every anything ever again like i know people who have experienced stuff like that and it's so heartbreaking because it's like had you had the right community the right support the right love and nourishment like you would be doing the daggone thing you'd be doing your thing and also some things sometimes your family your friends is not your target audience they're just not like sometimes they're not gonna get it you know you want to make if you want to make ice cream and your friends are lactose intolerant right it's no fault of their own that they're lactose intolerant they're just not gonna get it because they're not able to consume dairy products and i know that's like a silly uh example but like it's the same idea like you really have to find your people. And I feel like I'm in the process of finding my people. So I talked about this, this meetup we had last week um, with Black Girls Make Music. And there were four women that showed up and I was over the moon. I didn't think anybody was going to show up. It was at, it was, if, at the time it was at 12. Um, 
12 o'clock came, nobody was there. And I'm like, oh God, like, did I just embarrass myself? Is nobody gonna come? No one gonna show up? By 12.05, four people were there. And and by some, you know, I guess by some markers, some people would be like, oh, that was a fail. Like you should have had at least 20. I was excited for those four people because I'm like, these are four people in music who get me. One woman was a DJ from UK. Like one woman was from Florida. One woman was from LA and one woman was for the D from the DMV area, which, which is where I'm from. And so speaking with these women, like really showed me like, I didn't have to have everything together. I didn't have a fancy program. I didn't have like, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not an expert by any means in the music industry. All I did was create the space. All I did was make a small version of what I dream of in my mind. The huge dream for me is like a black girl creative collective, right? Or black people in general collective where we can come together and commune and create and like learn from each other, right? But I know that right now my resources and my reach are not what I need it to be like to, to access that specific dream. So how can I make it smaller? How can I make it more accessible? I have Zoom. We all have Zoom. We can all meet for what? I think like an hour or 45 minutes, however long you can meet for free. And like I put out the call on Instagram. I made a meetup page and was like, hey, if you're interested in making music, like come to this meetup. And people came. And all I did was create a space. I'm not, like I said, I'm not an expert. I'm not, I'm not perfect by any means. Like there were some awkward times in that meeting because I had questions and I thought I had to create a perfect thing, but really the conversation carried itself. Like once people started like letting their guards down and becoming more vulnerable, like we realized even from, from black women over in the UK, like how similar our experiences were. And I don't know that I, I don't think I know anyone from the UK, like personally. And so creating the space, being obedient, like following the dream and taking little baby steps, steps that I can take personally without like breaking myself, like really provided an opportunity to meet people I would never have met before, like to really validate the dream. Like there is a need for black women creatives. There is a need for a space for them to be vulnerable and open up and not even talk about music, but just about life, just daily things they struggle with, like dealing with, am I too old to pursue my dream? Am I too, you know, untalented? Like, like, what if no one sounds like me? Like, I'm in a space where, you know, talking about, I, I interviewed um, a producer not too long ago, and she was talking about how she produces music, obviously, and that space is very white and very white man. You know what I'm saying? So for her, it's really hard for her not to be judged by how she looks, even though men in the industry, nobody cares about how men look. They can co come with like a mouse hat or like <laughs> they, they could look like they haven't showered in three days. But for women... Unfortunately, like it's all about how how is she looking? Is she sexy? Does she fit this this look? Like, and it's so sad because it's so distracting from her actual talent. Or or she's so talented for a black girl. You know what I'm saying? And so I look at the greats like in my mind, Issa Rae and all these other people who bootstrap their way um, to getting to achieving their dreams. And they weren't worried about they weren't sending no you know messages to execs like hey like straight out the gate anyway. Like, hey, I have this idea for a show, blah, blah, blah. No, she said, oh, I'm going to get my friends, like the people I hang out with on a regular basis. We're going to make a mini series. And she took those baby steps to get the thing done. Um, Ashley says, I love what she said about baby steps because I often get overwhelmed with the big picture or feel it's not worth the time if I can't, if it can't be the big extravagant thing. Exactly. Like, same. <laughs> I struggle with the same thing. Um, but yeah, like I said, the baby steps count, like the small stuff counts and the small stuff really actually means a lot. You know, like, unfortunately, we're not all going to be 
Beyonce, and I, I'm, I'm tired of using Beyonce as an example, but like, I know that she is like the epitome of like black girl magic, royalty, like fame and like riches and wealth. We all can be Beyonce, but you can be you. You can be you. And maybe for me, like for that meetup, maybe I was only supposed to talk to four women, to four women, like, and maybe that had a huge impact on them so that they can go wherever they're going and they can make impact on their own communities that I'll, that I'll never be able to see. You know what I'm saying? So we're, we're measuring, we're measuring our success and our worth with the wrong stuff, with the wrong measuring stick. Like it's not about, it's not about it being perfect or, you know, extravagant. Like I, like I mentioned before, there are singers that I listen to. Um, and again, a song I recommend is called the story by Brandy Carlisle. She's a white woman, but when she sings, you know, she believes what she's singing. Her voice cracks. She, she goes, she gets, um, really screechy sometimes. And like her voice goes in and out and like, she didn't redo the thing to be like, Oh, let me make it sound perfect. No, let me sing it to make it believable. And I feel like sometimes we forget that we're enough. Like the stories we have, the experiences we have, um, we know more than we think we know. We're more talented than we think we are. And I don't mean it in a big headed way, but I think for me personally, like the first thought is like, what am I not doing right? What am I not good enough at? Like, how can I improve? And it's like, yo, like, have you taken time to really assess like how much you've been through, how much you know, like how much you can share with other people? You know, like I said, if you can cook, you can cook a meal for people who one, either don't want to cook or can't cook or who need a home cooked meal. And for you cooking that meal for them, no, it's not a fancy restaurant. Like we talked about Tiana, um, Princess and the Frog earlier. Like, no, it's not a fancy restaurant, right? But it's a home cooked meal that this person would not have had on their own. You know, Thanksgiving just passed and it is COVID. So I hope, you know, not too many people were, if you went over someone's house, I hope not too many people were there. But Thanksgiving for me, even no matter how you feel about the holiday, because um, the holiday is trash, but like, you know, coming together and being able to sup with people and really like catch up with family and friends. If you do Friendsgiving, like that's what it's all about. It's not necessarily about the food. Like the food is a plus. It's great. Like the food is good. Um, I talked to Marcus yesterday about the food um, and how important that is. Right. But it's more about the community. It's more about just coming together. Like and even if you're not sitting at a fancy table, if you're in fold out chairs, if you're in fold out chairs like that in itself is good enough. Like I remember growing up and sitting on the floor in my grandmother's house and I felt so loved. I never felt like, oh, this is imperfect. She ain't got no real chairs. Like, first of all, she had chairs, but the adults sat in the chairs. The kids sat on the floor. And so I never felt like, oh, you know, they don't they don't have nothing. So, you know, and just being honest, like my family struggled. And so like I never felt without I felt full. I felt important. I felt loved. I felt like this is a stock of people I come from and nobody was trying to impress anybody. Like, sure, maybe they were trying to impress like, oh, I brought the you know, I brought the corn pudding this year, you know. But on a, in, a, in a general level, like all jokes aside, really just creating the community like that is good enough. And for this example, I talked about with the Black Girls Make Music, all I did was share the Zoom link and came together. I offered maybe like two questions. And then after that, the ball just got rolling because my fear was awkward silence. My fear was like, oh, God, no one's going to want to talk. I'm going to have to run this whole thing. And I didn't want to run the whole thing. I just wanted to create community for other people. Oh, yay. I'm glad this is encouraging. That makes me happy. Because even with this, right? Like, I'm I'm floored, right? Like, there are five people watching right now. And I can't see everybody who's watching. I just see the numbers. Um, and it's going up and down. But, like, the fact that I'm getting on here, 
my computer's frozen. I can't even do the art that I wanted to, wanted to do. Like this is this is perfect. This is actually perfect um, for this example. Like the art that I wanted to create with you guys, I can't even do it because my computer is frozen in one box and not in the other. And it and and if I was per, if I was trying trying to trying to chase perfectionism, I would have been like, it's over. It's canceled. Like this live is done. You know, or try to redo it again. But I think this is a perfect example of how. You roll with the punches. You deal with what you get. You deal with what you get, and you try your best with what you're doing. And your best in that moment is the best. Is the best thing. Um, yeah, you laughing at me because <laughs> talking about the food for Thanksgiving. Um, I concur. I like catching these. Thanks for making this. That makes me happy. Thank you for being here. Like again, it's Sunday evening. Y'all could be doing a million other things, like preparing for your week. I'm just happy that I can provide some sort of like inspiration and encouragement. I'm for y'all, no matter what level you're at, no matter, you know, if it's just an idea or if it's just like in life, like encouragement, like that's, that's what I really want to do. Like, and, and I have, and I have these huge dreams to do this on a big scale, but this counts. This is important. Like y'all are important. Like the five people that are here, you all are important. Like, and not just for me, like, of course, like in your own lives, but like, I'm not going to take this for granted and be like, oh, only five people came, came to my life. Like, no. Like the fact that I'm able to say something in my imperfection, in my mistakes, in my mess ups and the glitches on the computer, and you're able to take something away from this, to me is testament to like what I'm talking about today, you know? Um, and one more thing I'll say too is like, I think as creatives or as just people in general, I feel like we, we take too much time to plan. We take in too much information and then we never apply them. Like, it's like, oh, I got to listen to this podcast. I got to watch this webinar. I got to, you know, get all this stuff, like all the stuff juiced up in order to create or to make or to, you know, to carry out whatever vision I have. And like I said before, you're more ready than you think you are. You're more, you will never feel ready. You will never, ever, ever feel ready. The people that are on stage that you're looking up to, they don't feel ready. Like there are some people who just like, oh yeah, I have arrived. But for the most part, like, they're throwing up before they get on the stage. They're sweating, like stress sweating, like I am right now, like worrying about if people are, if what I'm saying is coming across to other people, like you are more ready than what you think, than, than you think you are. You know, they say, um, they say that sadly, like our first instinct is to say like, we're not enough. We're not, the world tells us we're not enough all the time. You look at every single commercial. It's like, you're not enough. Buy this thing so you can be, you know, like, you're not good enough, like buy this thing so you can be more beautiful or, you know, be more confident or be more fit, like whatever, whatever they're selling, like everything that we're taking in every single day is telling us why we're not enough. We have to take in more stuff that tells us we are enough. You know what I'm saying? Like we are, we are brilliant. We are masterpieces. Like we are works of art. We, we have gone through so much trash in our lives and it's like, oh, I'm not good enough. It's like, what are you talking about? Half of the stuff you've been through might have killed somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Like, and and even I want to even get away from like that strong woman trope, like this, like, oh women, black women are so strong. But no, people in general are amazing. And it's amazing to me, like when I get their stories and interview them, a lot of people are like, I'm not interesting. And then like you interview them, like, what are you talking about? Like, you've had 15 jobs. That's not interesting. Like, that's interesting to me. You know, you have like I was interviewed my grandmother and how she was talking about you know, how back in the day, she doesn't think anything is interesting about her life, but like she talked about how 
how honestly my dad and his family grew up poor and how sometimes they would have cake like for dinner and so with kids they don't know that cake for dinner is a bad thing they don't know that that struggled all they know is cake like oh snap we got cake for for, for dinner you know what i'm saying like they're excited but that was her way of one feeding her kids and like trying to bring joy to a household with nothing and to me i'm just floored by that story like i'm just like what like you're amazing like you you have been through so much and have so much to offer other people so whether you're a mother a spouse you know a friend a co-worker whatever like walk through this world like you got something to offer because you do you do and says yes i've been waiting i've been waiting to read one book to do one project what confirmation yes yes just get started like i i have a new rule for myself where it's like i can do one week of research one week and then after that i have to get started because i will plan all day long i will try to find all the resources and sadly some of those resources will support the idea that i'm not enough that i'm not good enough um you know that i have to do it just like this other person and then i lose myself in it right i lose my identity i lose my authenticity i lose my individuality because i'm too busy trying to be like somebody else and so and so even even if you're not spiritual like i really feel like god gives all of us like our own um our own missions and again our missions might be to touch the world like millions of people or maybe just five people or maybe it's just your kids you know what i'm saying like but i really feel like sometimes when we look at other people we discount our gifts we discount our abilities and then like and then we don't end up creating anything because it's like oh well if it's not done like this person then i can't do it and i'm guilty of that i like i said i always say like i'm telling y'all this like i'm telling myself um but yeah like i guess if there's anything like y'all can take from this is just like keep doing the daggone thing like keep doing the things protect your dream protect your ideas like celebrate every small win take a huge dream that you have make it bite size you know what i'm saying like and i don't mean to like dumb it down i just mean like a smaller version like again this example i keep giving about the the restaurant you want to open up right if you don't have the money for a restaurant host dinner at your house after covid or make meals for people and just give it to them you know what i'm saying because people are hungry make meals and give it to people who are hungry on the street or like you know go serve in a kitchen or something like do something small that with your gift like and it builds your confidence it builds your builds your kind of like your own um i guess your own scoreboard so to speak like i can do hard things look at the things i've done write it down keep a journal of the things that you can do of the things that you have done you know what i'm saying and later on when you have access to the funds or the resources or the time or the people you need to carry out this huge dream you can with all confidence you can because you said i've you know i've done the small stuff i can do the bigger things too now you know i can it's like getting stronger like when you're working out you're not gonna go in the gym and be like i'm a bench press 300 pounds lol you're gonna hurt yourself <laughs> like and the same thing with us sometimes we don't have access to the dreams we want to have because we're not ready we will injure ourselves we will kill our dream our little seedling plant that i talked about before you're gonna kill it because you're putting too much pressure on it right but be okay with taking the small steps, taking the small steps, little small reps of like the 20, 20 pound dumbbells. I don't know, whatever, however, I'm not a, you know, body trainer by any, you know, means by any stretch of the imagination. But at the same time, I imagine you go in increments, 20 pounds, 40 pounds, 50 pounds, hundred pounds. And eventually you, you're able to lift 300 pounds, maybe if that's your goal, but like take the small steps, celebrate the small wins, and look at yourself as amazing because you are you are amazing and you have amazing talents and don't forsake these gifts because like i said they won't die they'll just turn into a cancer they'll eat away at you they'll make you feel like trash you'll feel 
weighted down because you know there's something you're supposed to be doing that you don't have the courage to do it. And in turn, what that looks like, like you having a cancer, like is you criticizing other people and saying like, oh, you can't do that because I couldn't do that. Or you comparing yourself to other people and saying like, oh, well, I can't do that because this person's doing it now. When you're really focused on your own stuff and your own business, you have no room and no time to tear down other people. And a lot of times the people in the stands that are looking at the people in the court, like judging them and saying, criticizing, like literally when you look at basketball, right? I'm gonna get this example and then we can be done. But like when I hear so many people like criticize basketball players and football players, and I'm like, you don't even play the sport. Like you have all this to say. <laughs> But you don't play, you're not in shape, you don't play basketball, like, but like they talk about their teams like it's them, like it's like they're, like the teams are representing them. And I don't have anything wrong with like morale or like supporting or anything like that. Have fun, right? But the people on the court, they're the ones that really know what's going on. They're the ones that know like all the intricate things that like we're not privy to because we're not on the court with them. It's the same thing for people dreaming, right? Like, when people are pursuing their dreams, they're on the field, they're in the court, they're in the ring. The people that are like yelling all the insults and like, you know, criticizing and tearing down are the people in the stands. But a lot of times those people in the stands are the ones with dreams that they're not giving time, they're not giving the ability, they're not giving themselves the ability to pursue. Like they're the ones that are bitter. They're the ones that feel bad about themselves because they didn't do their own thing. Because telling the truth, people that are really about doing their stuff and really about their mission and their passions, they don't have time to criticize and tear down other people. They don't have the time. But people who have the time are not focused on their own mission. And so I got to tell myself that when I get criticism and like negative reviews for songs or like podcasts or whatever, like it's like they're not even doing it. These are these are consumers and they're not my people. Like literally the other day, like literally, no, today I was talking to my husband one of the women who signed up for my meetup, like she blocked me. I don't know what happened. I don't know what I did. And of course my first thought is like, what did I do wrong? Oh God, like I'm a horrible person. What did I do wrong? And really it's just, maybe she's just not my person. Maybe she's going through her own thing. And like, I'm not saying this to say anything bad about her, but just about me. Like my first inclination was like, I did something wrong. I'm not good enough. And it's like, no, maybe She's going through her own stuff or maybe you're just not the person for her. It's not personal. Like, it's not personal. Even though it feels personal, it's not. And so stuff like that can stop you from chasing and pursuing your stuff. But then what good would that be? Like, meanwhile, this person has carried on, forgotten all about you, and you're stuck with this dream in your heart that you're like, oh, God, like, well, I guess I could try it again. I guess I could put myself out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't allow these little temporary setbacks, even though they feel huge, like they're, they're valid. Your feelings are valid, right? But your feelings lie. Your feelings say, oh, this hurts. You're a horrible person. You're not creative. You suck. Like you're, nah, nah, nah. that's a lie. That's a lie because you have all this other evidence of things that you've done, people you've impacted, people who love you, who care about you versus this one person who has something negative to say. Isn't that silly? Like, but all the negative stuff feels like it, it weighs so much heavier. You know what I mean? But we really have to do the work to be like, no, nah, I'm not going to listen to that. How I feel is valid. I'm done feeling that way, but I want to actually get out there and do the thing because my dream, the people I want to impact, the people I want to um, help and you know pull along with me, the people that I want to love on, they're worth it. They're worth more than this one negative comment. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, um, read this for you. OMG, yes, your thoughts, 
your thoughts, a lot of them are just other folks' thoughts from the outside instead of believing in yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Because who who told you that you suck? Like, how did you learn that you sucked? How did you learn that you weren't good enough? You had to be taught that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and and I and I get it, like some stuff is really traumatic and impactful, and so it rings in our head and we and we we stop living our lives because we're we believe what other people said about us, all these negative stuff we said about us. But we really have to do the work to get out of that, like to get out of that muck and all that yuckiness, because again, like you're worth it. Your dreams are worth it. You weren't just given your dream for no reason. You weren't given your dream on an accident. There's a reason why you're sensitive. There's a reason why, you know, you have an affinity towards like um, cooking or cleaning or making people feel welcomed. And even like, again, like even if you, even if you make homes for people, like there's a reason why you're drawn to certain patterns or, you know, certain kind of people, because those are your people. And those are the people you're supposed to impact. Not the people who are criticizing you from the stands again, who aren't even in the ring or who are busy not focusing on their own stuff. Don't allow these people to derail you, your dreams, and the people you're supposed to serve. So again, sorry the, the art didn't work out. Um, I still hope this talk was helpful and impactful. And I hope that you had a wonderful holiday. I'll be back tomorrow with music, um, Lord willing, we'll see. Um, but other than that, you guys keep creating. Thank you so much for being here with me. Thanks for, if you haven't, if you're just joining us, you can rewatch it after I end this live, but essentially don't wait until the perfect conditions to start because there will never be perfect conditions. There will always be reasons to not do the thing. There will always be reasons like why you're not good enough, right? But there are a million more reasons to do the thing, to follow up, to be obedient, to keep serving, to keep iterating, build the plane while you're flying it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't know how to put together a program? Okay, keep putting together programs until you figure it out. Until you figure out what works for you. Not other people. What works for you. Um, so yeah, that's the whole point. That's the whole point. Um, and oh, yay. I'm so glad this was great. That makes me happy. Oh, thank you. Thank y'all for being here. And yeah, until next time, you guys. Keep loving yourselves. Love others. Keep creating. Keep doing the things. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Okay. Bye.